Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. Trip through the drive-thru here at Star- in Starkville at Strange Brew Coffeehouse or at Brupolo over there in Tupelo. It'd be kind of weird if Brupolo was in, you know, Leland. Bruland? Bruland actually works. Can. We can go with that. All right. with it. Well, wherever you live, Leland or all spots in between. You can get Strange Brew Coffee House delivered straight to your door. All you got to do is go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. And whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your counter, they've got a coffee for you. Get it delivered and start your morning the right way with a cup full of Strange Brew Coffee. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find the best selection of maroon and white merchandise in central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Florida by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. As you get through the year, you need new maroon and white gear, you know where to go. It's at College Corner. Humble Taco, Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant and Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. When you're in Starville this weekend, should be great weather, beautiful sunshine. I suggest a trip over to Humble Taco. Sit on the patio, grab a couple of tacos like you can't get anywhere else, grab one of their awesome handcrafted margaritas, and enjoy a great day of, here in Starkville. Whenever you're in Starkville, make sure that Humble Taco is on your list of things to do. When you're looking for an easy and quick solution for lunch, man, it's always going to be a good one at Firehouse Subs. Download the Firehouse Subs app today, and you can get free sandwiches faster than you could possibly imagine. Just pile up the reward points with every order there. Walk in, grab your sandwich, walk out, back to work. That's the way to do it. Locations in Starkville and Columbus, Oxford and Tupelo, Flowood and Madison. That's Firehouse Subs. we got a lot of football to talk today. Today is the start of spring football here at Mississippi State, year three of Mike Leach. I believe he'll be here for it. I'm not, yeah, we'll see. As far as we know, and we'll talk yep. about that a little later in the show when we talk about Pro Day. Robbie, what is the biggest storyline of spring practice for you? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Um. I want to see what happens with the offensive tackles, for one. I mean, we we did a lot of that um, on Tuesday's podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there's that that's a big positional battle. There's not a ton of positional battles that are really standing out to me. I think the offensive tackle is, is a big one. I, I still feel like there's – there's it, it bears watching that quarterback situation, but I, I just think that Will Rogers is going to be the guy there. So. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know about that, but um, you know the tackle spot is really the big the big thing for me. And who's going to step up at, at cornerback opposite Emmanuel Forbes? You know, um, what linebacker is going to step in there uh, and, and provide some depth for Mississippi State? 
it's just some little things there. I want to see some of those. I want to see some guys emerge that we're not talking about. I want to see some players that we have not expected to make a huge impact start to step forward and look like, um, you know, players that are going to make a difference for Mississippi State because you can never have too much depth. And I think that's the big thing for Mississippi State. But the tackle spot it really, is, to me, is the biggest deal. It feels like that's really the only big one, right? Everything else is kind of, eh. you know, the same sort of stuff that, that almost every college football team is going to be going through, you know, finding position battles and, and things of that nature. But for State, I mean, there's not a lot of teams that are going to be replacing two starting tackles and not a lot of teams that are going to be replacing a, a top five selection there and not really have a great idea of who the next man up is. I mean, my guess is with Alabama and Evan Neal leaving, there's some four- or five-star kid who's been sitting on the bench the past couple of years, and they know who's the heir apparent there. With Mississippi State, you really don't know that. Beyond the, the position battles for me, obviously, you know, I, I would think the two biggest words on everybody's mind are big play. You know, you've seen this offense be consistent and be able to move up and down the field. But do it, you know, through big, you know, time of time of possession and just sort of, you know, grinding it out through the air as much as you can possibly do that. You know, what does this team, what does this team have to do? And it starts with Will Rogers to become a more big play team, to have the opportunity to to move the ball 30, 40, 50 yards in one play. That's something that, you know, when I think about this spring. You know, I, I, when, we, when we get the opportunity to watch practice, I want to see what they're doing to find the, the, a more vertical passing game. We know that the the completion percentage and the short passes are going to be there for Will Rogers. He's the best in the country at it. But can he be a m- more dynamic weapon? Can he and make it? You know, he's got. We know he's got talent at receiver. Speaking of receiver, the two transfers there, Mosley and 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 uh, Robinson. What role do they play this year for Mississippi State? Uh, can, can neither one of them come in and be an impact player the way that Makai Polk was? We talked to Polk on Wednesday. That's 100-plus catches you've got in 1,000 yards. you got to replace from just one guy. You know, So who, who is that guy? Somebody in that starting lineup is going to be that guy. Somebody in that starting lineup is going to be the top target and is going to catch between 80 and 100 passes this year. Who is that guy? Is it one of the, the, the known commodities in Jaden Wally? Does Austin Williams have a monster final year at Mississippi State? Um, is Ra-Ra Thomas ready to take a huge step forward as a sophomore? I think he could. Is Tulu Griffin ready to you know, channel all of his incredible speed and athleticism to a, into a consistent season? I mean, you get, there's a lot of questions there, but at least you feel like the answers are good, right? You feel like, well, they got talent there. They got, they got options. You know, one of those guys is going to be good. And then, you know, you, defensively, you know, and I think Paul talked to Jordan Davis a little bit at Pro Day, Paul Jones, and said that, you know, obviously he's still taking it easy and it's trying to make sure, he, you know, he, he's, he's going to be healthy for the fall. But that's a guy that, you know, he plays such a huge role for Mississippi State in 2022. I think that he is the difference between being able to be an explosive pass rushing team and not. I think he's the best pass rusher on this team. And then you mentioned the cornerback position. We all know that if there's one thing that I am, it's a mark for Emmanuel Forbes. I think he'll be one of the best in the country this year. But can Marcus Banks come in and be that guy on the other side? Or is that going to be DeCamry and Richardson, who played well last season at times? Who's that going to be? Will it be DeCarlos Nicholson, the junior college transfer, who you know was, was highly recruited and, and a signing day battle between Mississippi State and Ole Miss all, and Kentucky all the way down to the end? 
So a lot of little questions, but for me, the, you know, the tackle position and the big play positions or the big play question, those are the two biggest storylines of the spring for me. This is a pretty, from what I can tell, relatively healthy. Nobody's, you know, still outside of Davis, I think, is, is has a nagging injury they're bringing into the spring with them. It feels like, you know, well, let's just be honest about something, though. Let's talk about football from a big-picture standpoint. When I read message boards, when I look at social media, and when I talk to people who are Mississippi State fans, there's not a lot of buzz around this program right now, is there? Do you feel that way? No, it's kind of uh, it's kind of boring to be honest with you. Which is funny, right? You you think Mike Leach and Air Raid, and you think all these oh. things, and, and you're like, you know, why is it? Why isn't there not you know a little bit more buzz? And I, I you know I think the biggest factor, obviously, is the way the season ended last year. You lose the Egg Bowl and such, you know. I mean, they only lost by ten, and Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss dominated that football game, but you had the the, the three drop touchdown passes and just such a, a bad loss. And then the bowl game was just nobody wants to remember that, but it was just one of the most. I mean, they just, it was just they just is a no show performance basically. That's why you have to look at it. And so you know, I said all year, or not all year, but I said last year before the game, I said if State you know finishes eight and five, if they win the bowl game. I think they would have gotten a lot of preseason buzz as a team. Hey, you know, Mike Leach in his second year wins eight games and they're moving forward and they bring back the, almost everybody on that offense. They're going to be scoring points or running up and down the field. But losing that game took that all, all that away from Mississippi State. This is still a team that, I mean, if they improve by one game, then they go eight and four and go to a good bowl game. And if they can, you know, show up to play in it, they have a great chance at, at nine wins, even with, with the most difficult schedule in the country. It feels like there should just be a little bit more excitement. Just why do you think that is? Is it just because it's been such a grind under Leach to get to this point? Is there something else happening? Just what is it about you? What is it that makes you think there's not as much excitement as there probably should be for what I think is going to be a pretty good football team? You just talked for 10 straight minutes, I think. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I don't know, man. I really don't. I mean, I, I think some people are kind of turned off at this point by Mike Leach. He, he's not doing a whole lot of things that are all that exciting. I mean, the recruiting classes are just okay. The, the you know, same went, as they've always been. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the, he. I thought that I thought they closed the class really well, but um, you know, for the most part, you know, the big picture is it's just a solid recruiting class that's middle of the pack in the SEC to bottom of the pack. Um, the team won seven games last year. Big yawn after, you know, the, the end of the season and what happened there. Uh, and that's coming off a four-win season the year before. So I just feel like this fan base is starting to split a little bit on Mike Leach. I, I, I don't think that it's kind of a united front here. And it's starting to feel a little um, stale from the fans. I mean, our message board, our Trimmery message board, which is usually popping, is like dead right now. To be honest with you, yeah, which, the football one is. Which, let's be honest, all the basketball all the, one is pretty busy today. I mean, all the blood has gone to to uh, one side of the side. <laughs> Robbie, try to get a rise out of everybody here. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree that yesterday on, on that message board, things came to a head. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, back to I'll Mike Leach. Penis mightier for two. Oh, good God. So back to Mike Leach. I just, I just don't feel like this is a united front with Mississippi State <laughs> as evidence from the message boards. Yes. Um, Yes. But uh, this is an important spring, man. I really feel like they need to they need to show some excitement here this spring. That's going to get everybody on board here. Um, so I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is as to why there's not a whole lot of excitement. But I kind of thought that this would be the year that everybody would start to really get behind Mike Leach and this team because, you know, Will Rogers, Jaden Wally, uh, Dylan Johnson, and those guys. All of those guys are in their third season. They should be, real, you know, veteran players in this league and should be pushing for, you know, all conference or pushing for records and things like that. And it just doesn't seem like people are very excited. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, it, it too, is it, it's kind of a stale time. I mean, there's not a whole lot going on in recruiting other than some junior days. You got the NFL draft coming up. So there's just not a whole lot to – to talk about right now, and maybe it'll pick up with with spring practice starting up. We'll see. I mean, I, I don't know how you build excitement in the spring. Uh, that, that feels like a tough task for Mississippi State, but we'll see if they are able to uh, to do that. Let's stick let's stick with football. You and I were at MSU Pro Day on uh, Wednesday for Mississippi State. First off, and I, I mentioned this on uh, just just amongst us, but. I thought the pro day was so much better because it was so small. There were three guys out there. Now the the kickers were out there doing their thing on on the practice fields, but it was the three guys that you feel like have a chance to be drafted. Charles Cross, Martin Emerson, Makai Polk. In years past, we've had 20, 25, 30 guys out there. And I've always felt like, you know, no offense to those guys, none whatsoever. They're, They're far greater athletes than I could ever dream of being. But we're wasting people's time here. I mean, these, these scouts come out here to see the guys they have a chance to draft. They're not really interested in what the walk-ons are running in the 40 and doing. They don't care. So kudos to Mississippi State for, for hammering it down and making it a lot more efficient. I, I, I really did like that. And I, you, it gave you an opportunity to just focus on those three. Right. Because at the end of the day, those are the three guys that are getting drafted or having a chance to get drafted. So you got a chance to watch. By the way, the Charles Cross ex- exhibit that we saw yesterday was just scary. I mean, so, some of the stuff that, you know, w- when he was, like, blocking the first guy and then running downhill to get the linebacker, that was just – that was absolutely frightening. I tried to catch a little bit of it while also trying to get out of the way. I was kind of scared that the 315-pound monster was going to chase me down and run over me. But that stuff was uh, really impressive. And he's already run his 40 – um, and done a, a few of those things. I think he did bench press yesterday. Cause I yeah, because he didn't bench at the combine. Yeah, I think he did vertical, uh, bench, and a few of those things. And um, he did some drills, which were seriously impressive. I mean, there was just a lot of buzz in there. I, I think he's cemented himself as a top-ten pick. I don't think there's any doubt about that. We just have to see where he goes now. But I thought Martin Emerson was really impressive. Yeah. And, and uh, again, you know, one of the guys I follow on Twitter, Matt Miller, who's been covering the draft for a long, long time. He said Cross and Emerson did themselves a lot of favors. And I thought that Polk was okay. I think, you know, yeah. ran a, a, he ran a 4.59 at the combine, ran 4.61, I think. So only a difference of point oh two seconds. So that's, you know, he, consistency. 
You know, you saw that it wasn't just a one-time thing. And you know, he's the guy that the film is going to be good for, right? You watch the film and he's just catching everything that gets thrown to him. So I thought it was a really good pro day uh, for Mississippi State. And, and those guys cross is probably for sure. I, I don't see a scenario. I think the Giants picked six or picked seventh. Let me see if I can find the NFL draft order. The Giants might pick fifth. And it's it's the, uh, the Panthers. The sixth. Jets, the Jets and Giants both have two top ten picks. Right. So the Giants pick at five, and then again at seven, and then the Jets pick at four, and then again at ten. There, there seems like there's no way on earth Cross is getting past ten with the Jets. There, I think I yeah. honestly think he might go fifth or seventh to the Giants. Uh, you know, a lot because, of people – I've been surprised. A lot of these mock drafts mm-hmm. have not had him going to the Jets or the Giants. Mel Kuyper had him going to, like, the Seahawks. But yeah, and I, 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 it oh, would lead I, me to believe with, with him saying yesterday he's talking mostly to the Jets and the Giants, mm-hmm. it would lead me to believe that they're going to – one of those two teams are going to use one of their two draft picks. On the, the team I've seen the most for Charles Cross is at six in the Panthers. But it, that, that's sort of an interesting selection because – I mean, I guess you just go ahead and start getting protection because the, the Panthers don't know who their quarterback's going to be. I guess it's going to be Sam Darnold here, but you know, you're 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 getting a great left tackle to you know maybe next year have a great quarterback. I, I don't know if that's the path they want to follow or not. Um, and then with Emerson, I mean, Emerson is going to go on day two. I think he'll be he'll be a late second to you know early to mid third rounder. The speed is there, the size, the physicality, the mindset. I'm interested to see if he stays at corner at the next level. He could be a safety just because he doesn't have that blazing speed, but he's certainly fast enough. And another guy, like you've said before, that the film is going to be kind to. And when you see him out there, you see people basically avoiding him. I mean, one career interception, am I correct? Just because nobody threw to him. Yeah, that might be right. Literally lack of opportunity. I think he had an interception his freshman year, and that was it. I mean, one of the only – uh, bad pieces of film that you saw on him was when he was going up against Sammy Seth Coates. Yeah. Seth Williams. I don't know why I keep saying Sammy Coates. On Seth Williams, and he got burnt. But that nobody ever talks about what he did the rest of that game. That was like a season-low uh, receiving yards for, for Seth Williams in that game. Um, and that's really the only time. I mean, if that's the only time you can really remember him getting burnt or, or beat on a play, mm-hmm. um, that's pretty good. And I think – just the fact that he's going up against some of the best of the best in the last, you know, three years is going to be a, a big deal for him. And it was, it was good for him to show his his speed and all that. I think he ran like a that somebody had reported a four four for him. Um, it would have been a high four four, I imagine, but four high four four, low four five. That's that's not a bad time uh, yeah. with his coverage skills. Uh, you know, I think he's going to be a real a, a really good uh, NFL defensive yeah. back and, and then Polk you know I thought Polk when he came out was gonna gonna go undrafted but then he went up to the combine ran really well he said he did well in the drills and like I said his film is just going to be good it's going to be a guy who finds ways to get open and catches the ball when it's thrown to him I mean for all the hype about you know we like to have a, a six foot three six foot four receiver who runs a four three four four and, you know, that's great and all but do you catch the ball when I throw it to you and that's what Makai Polk does. If, if you got a guy who, when he, you throw him the football, he catches it, I mean, that's a guy who can have a long career in the NFL. So I think he has a great chance to be a day three draft choice somewhere between the fourth and seventh rounds. I think he has a fantastic chance. And it, it just takes one team that likes him. 
And that's probably going to end up being the case. There's going to be something that's like, look, we need a receiver. We need some consistency. This guy can play inside and outside. He gives us a, a lot, a lot there. Let's go get him. I think that's going to be the case for McCabal, for Makai Polk. Um, and then honestly, I, I, not as a, not I'm probably not drafted, but I think Ruiz has a chance to make a roster. When he was healthy, that guy was a good kicker. He can kick the ball out of the end zone. He, he's a he's a good field goal kicker when he's healthy. I think he he has a chance to to be a pro as well. Yeah, you would think so. He he's a really talented guy. If he was healthy um, all season long, I I could have seen him getting drafted later in the in the draft. Um, but yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see um, him uh, make a roster. Then there's the other thing from Pro Day that was a little interesting, and that was the absence of head coach Mike Leach. Um, that's why I made the joke earlier about, you know, I think he'll be at the start of spring practice. We've we've covered, I think, I'm trying to think when the first pro day they let us come in it was maybe 2014, something like that, maybe 2015. I, I don't remember. I remember it happened right when Bill Martin got here. He was just like, why would you not do that? And we always talked to Mullen. And then for the one that we had with Moorhead, we talked to Moorhead. Last year, obviously, you know, COVID, they, they were still under restrictions. I thought it was really odd that Mike Leach wasn't there. I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I mean, it feels like the, I mean, scout, we're tweeting the scouts about, and the coaches who come here, they want to talk to the head man, you would think. I mean, we're, we're tweeting – not only that, I mean, we're tweeting about riding around Utah looking at uh, tree houses. Yeah. You have three guys that you coach that are having one of the biggest days of their life on campus at this pro day. Every single one of your coaches are there. Every coach took time out of his day to be there to to represent and um, be there around the players. Why is the head coach not there? That that send that that sends a message to the players. I think that this coach doesn't doesn't really care about me. Doesn't care about my future. If it, I, I mean every, have you ever seen that before? A, a head coach not at a pro day. I I can't imagine it. You know, I was I was a friend of mine. But good point. It's like, can you imagine pro day? At Alabama and Nick Saban's not there. Like, because I think the scouts want, if nothing else, never mind supporting your guys and everything, the scouts want to talk to you. You know, the coaches want to talk to you and, and get your get your thoughts. I, I just found it really weird, really odd that he wasn't there for that, especially with spring practice. You know, I would understand if the pro day was was, you know, yesterday and spring practice didn't start for two more weeks, right? Maybe he's out of town. Maybe he's on vacation and, and I just can't get back. Spring practice starts today as you're listening. It was, it's you know, 48 hours away. That's poor planning. I, you know, I try not to be overly critical about little things. You know, look, Mike Leach's offense isn't going to be good in the game. I'm happy to criticize that, right? But, like, the fact that he likes to leave campus for extended, whatever, that's fine. You know, as long as he's here when he needs to be here, he needed to be here for pro day. That, 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 that's a miss in my opinion. I agree with you. But you know this. This is kind of what this com- comes with the territory. I mean, all these things that that Mike Leach is doing are things that were talked about from Texas Tech fans and Washington State fans um, when he was hired. You know, in the off season, he's rarely going to be there. Um, at, you know, he's he's going to run the same offense. Uh, not going to change anything up, and all these things. I mean, we're we're seeing it play out exactly how it was said. I mean, Mike Leach is what he is at this point. This is what you signed up for when you made him your head coach. So yeah, um, that's no you, you got to trade off a lot of things that we, you and I, might not agree with, 
to make Mike Leach your head coach, and this is one of the things. I agree. I guess I guess, I guess you're right. So just just a weird situation, and it, it definitely did not go on notice. I, they were talking about it today on NFL Network, and and this it it's just odd. So all right. Let's move on into the last part of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. If you're cooking out this weekend, put beef on the grill. Nothing beats the sizzle of beef every time that you cook out. Steaks and burgers, brisket, tri-tip, picanha, ribs, whatever it is, it's always better with beef. Head to the grocery store, get some beef in the cart. You're not only making a great meal for your family, you're helping out 15,000 of your fellow Mississippians are beef providers in this state. Beef is what's for dinner. That's from our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two brothers needs to be what's for dinner for me. I think I may I may have to make a, a trip over there pretty soon. Maybe not tonight, maybe not tomorrow. I don't know, but this weekend, perhaps. Our fr- that's right. Our friend Ben Portnoy will be here this weekend. Perhaps we can, uh, uh-huh, yes, now now it's all coming together for us this weekend. The wheels are turning. Yes, yes, you can hear them if you, uh, if you listen hard enough. Hard enough. Anyway, we're going to keep laughing about this the whole the rest of our life, basically. I just want to let you know. I'm a small child trapped in an obese man's body. Um, but two brothers. Food's good there. I mean, I mean, smoked wings, pork rind nachos, tacos, burgers, sandwiches. It's all great. Mac and cheese. Their mac and cheese is one of the best in town. It's underrated because it's just a side there. They don't have it as an entree. They should make it as an entree. I should be able to get a big mac and cheese with the with the smoked pork belly in it. I would order it. I'd order it. I'm just listening. If you're listening to me, Barton, make that happen. Anyway, two brothers, heart of the cotton district, right there on University Drive. Smoke Southern Soul Food whenever you want it. They make it really simple at Advantage Business Systems. It's great products and great service. And yeah, I know everybody says they have great products and great service, but do they really? Does everybody offer you the same products that Advantage Business Systems does? I don't, I don't know if they do. And I know for a fact they don't offer you the same service. When you're dealing with a big box store, you're not getting a local phone number. You're not talking to somebody in the same state as you. And you're certainly not going to get somebody to say, okay, 24 hours, 48 hours, we'll be there. No, you're going to get a 1-800 number. And you're going to get uh, somebody who's you know thousands of miles away from you. And you're going to get somebody that says, okay, we can be there in 7 to 10 business days. That's not good enough for your business, and it's not good enough for Advantage Business Systems. That's why they do things the right way. Call them today and put them to work for you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Uh, Chris Jans, opening press conference of uh, his MSU career here today. thought he came across well. Now, I feel like I should quantify those remarks. I have never been to a press conference where I walked out and was like, that guy was an idiot. Like I've never, I've never left a press conference and said he has no chance for success based on what I saw today. That everybody wins the press conference. But that being said, I thought Jans came across as 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 much as we talked about fit. It came across in the uh, in the press conference and the way he talked about you know his 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 beliefs and how his team should be coached. Um, I, I I thought that you know. He was asked about the incident at Bowling Green. I thought he handled that well. Um, but it, one thing that he said that, that, I, that, I, that has stayed with me is this. He said, I, I don't want to talk about building a program. In this time of the, of the transfer portal, I want to talk about building a team every year. That is an interesting way of looking at things. And my guess is if we asked Lane Kiffin, he would probably tell you something simpler, similar. And like, I'm not worried about 
getting high school kids in here and they, they play for a couple of years and then they're ready to be starters as juniors and seniors. And that's how we build. I'm looking to get players every year. That is a modernist way of looking at the way college basketball is. And I honestly, I think it's the right way with the way college basketball is. That statement alone sold me on the idea that Chris Jans can be successful because he understands that it's a different time in college basketball. You, you, you were not at the press conference, but you had the opportunity to listen to it. What were your takeaways from what we heard today? Uh, I'm kind of the same way. I, I thought that was a big sticking point uh, for me that he didn't come in there. You know, we're going to do things. The we're going to build things. We're going to build our program the the right way. I'm not saying he's not going to he's not going to build his program the right way, but he didn't talk about the foundations of his program. He just talked about you know we have to get a roster that's going to help us win year in and year out. And I think that was. That was a, a, a huge detail because not, there's not m- that many coaches that are going to say that this day and age. But I, I, I really appreciated the fact that he was just going to come out and say, hey, this is what the game is right now. This is how we have to win, and this is what we're going to do. Yeah. So um, I, I think you know that, that's a good way to look at it. The transfer portal, you're going to lose guys every year, and you're going to gain guys every year. You're going to be turning over your roster a lot this day and age in, in, in athletics. And I think that was um, that that was uh, a real big deal to me to hear that uh, for Jans, and you know that's something he did in New Mexico State that he was very successful doing. He's got a bigger profile here. He's going to be able to be, to bring in better talent here. So that's going to be really uh, a really interesting thing to to see. But he did mention he needed to keep this roster together. He yeah. he's, he was he mentioned several times how important it was to keep this group together. I think that's that's big too for Mississippi State um, that he's focusing in on that right now. His his priority right now is making sure that most of this roster stays together. And uh, I think Paul reported earlier he talked to several of those those players and they appear to be uh, on board. You know we'll have to see on guys like Iverson Molinar and Tolu Smith. I I think Iverson's probably going to go pro. Tolu's a big piece. He can be. Uh, uh, a guy that that can really uh, help bridge the gap for Chris Jans next year in the post, but I I would expect that a good portion of this roster will stay together. You're going to have some guys transfer. I think Javion Davis is already in the transfer portal. Yes. I'm expecting Rocket Watts to leave, uh, maybe a freshman or two as well. But um, it looks like some big pieces are going to be coming back, and you're adding in some other pieces. Now they lost Riley Kugel, who was a big loss out of um, the state of Florida, but, you know, he's going to try, I'm sure, uh, Jans to to get him back on board. I'm not expecting it, but um, the nucleus looks to be solid if they're able to bring it back. It's a good starting point. Now you go to the portal and fill in the missing pieces. I agree with just basically just everything you said, and I was excited to see that Paul reported uh, that Cam Carter is looking like he's going to stay. I think he's an exciting young player who can be a big player for Mississippi State and, and can sort of Step into the role of that Molinar might was probably going to leave empty. I think he played. He can be the two next year, and 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 be a, a big time scorer for Mississippi State. You saw some flashes of that. I also agree that Tolu Smith is a huge piece. You, you, you know, you're losing Garrison Brooks. You, you need a, a, an experienced post player down there. Obviously, you can go to the portal, but there's not going to be anybody. I I just believe there's not going to be anybody in the portal that gives you what Tolu Smith does. So hopefully, he's willing to come back for one more season and and you know and work with this team. If that, if that's the case. 
And Jan said it today. He thinks, you know, our goal is to be in the NCAA tournament next year is what he said. And, uh, you know, what he means by that is the players you have now, plus the correct use of the portal, you should be able to do that almost every year. And I agree. You know, I don't think state's going to be an every year tournament team. I just don't think because very few programs are. You know, only the top tier programs are the ones who just wake up in the morning and they're in the field of 64. But can you be in the conversation every year? Can you be, you know, at worst, a bubble team every year? Yeah, that's totally doable at Mississippi State. And then you get in, what, three out of five years? You, you feel pretty good about yourself. So I think that's going to be where they are. You know, and, I, and I'm not trying to give you the whole Larry Templeton, if you just make the NIT, they'll be happy. I'm just saying from a realistic standpoint, it's going to be tough to make the NCAA tournament every season. You know, to constantly finish in the because t- you're just going to have some years un- unless he's just better at the portal than I'm going to give him credit for without seeing it. Now he might very well be, and he might be a guy who never has to rebuild and there and just constantly finds these new guys. And if he does that, then yeah, t- you know, being one of the top. I mean, I, we're not talking automatic bids here. You know, we're saying somebody who's top 34, 35 programs in the country every year as a as a power five or power conference program. It's doable. It's doable, but it's it's going to take a lot of work. And, but that's the one thing Chris James appears to not be afraid of is some hard work. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. All right. I'll say this. Yeah. John Cohen is, is uh, all these people that have been talking about, you know, Cohen doesn't care about the other sports and all that. He's obviously wanting to win in basketball. He's paying Chris Jans $2.4 million, according to Pete Thamel, with a $650,000 opportunity in incentives. Uh, so, and with the, you know, the humps renovations and things like that, it, it's obvious that John Cohen is wanting to win and win big. He's, he's put out there now, we are willing to spend some money on a coach. We're willing to put in these renovations in this, uh, at this arena and we want to win. So, I mean, I think that's, that's a big deal there to, I mean, that's a statement salary for Chris Jans. I think he was making like what, five fifty or something. Yeah, something at, like that, yeah. He's got a chance to make more in incentives alone than he was making in New Mexico State. And now we're seeing why it was such an easy decision for him to come to uh, Mississippi State over New Mexico State, which that was a step up anyway. But to make almost $2 million more than what he was making, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty clear that Mississippi State put out there to him uh, pretty quickly, we need you to be our head coach. And that, that was a great job by John Cohen, too, because – other jobs were opening up, Florida, Missouri, South Carolina. John Cohen probably made the second or third best hire in this cycle, um, at least. Yeah, I agree. I agree. One other thing from, uh, from Jans, he said until the New Mexico State job gets settled, because one of his former assistants is in the running there, his own staff will not be settled. So we'll probably have to wait a few more days before we start seeing some names there. Obviously, the name that Mississippi State fans want to know about is George Brooks, uh, current MSU assistant. Will he be staying on staff? I think probably it, it would make sense to do so. That's a guy who's already got the recruiting connections here in the South and can be a good bridge for, from, you know, and also when you talk about wanting to keep players around, keeping George Brooks around, I think would be a big part of that. So we'll see how those names pop out in the next couple of days uh, for both staffs. Obviously, you know, Sam Purcell's staff as well. Um, well, Jan's, Jan's staff, he, you know, he really wants uh, James Miller, his associate head coach in New Mexico State, to get that job. Yes. If he doesn't get that job, he will be Mississippi State's associate head coach, um, yeah, and that would like be it. a that would be a tremendous associate head coach for him to have. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, according to Paul, who reported earlier that um, Jans has talked to George Brooks, so that's 
that's good to know. That would it, it would be a no-brainer for him to keep George Brooks on the staff. I mean, George Brooks should be a lifer at Mississippi State. I agree. He was, he was Mississippi State's best recruiter for the last three coaches. Um, so, I, I mean, he knows the area. He's got the connections in the south. Stick with him and, and fill those other two spots. I agree. I agree. All right. Tomorrow's show, we'll talk baseball more than anything else. Mississippi State, Alabama, huge series for the Bulldogs. They need to get back on the winning track in SEC play. I'll also uh, look at what happened. Robbie will be at the baseball game tonight, uh, Mississippi State versus Southern. Have they announced who's starting that game? I haven't seen an official announcement, but I I think it's Pico. Really? Okay, that's interesting. We'll see what he can do uh, against uh, Southern University. All right, guys, have a great Thursday. Robbie and I will be back with you tomorrow. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.